invite you to take out your Bibles and open up to uh, Luke chapter 10. So we're starting the 40 days of prayer and uh, the sermons throughout the next six weeks will be about prayer. And I want to look at just different aspects of, of prayer and some scriptures that may not have the word prayer in them, but they teach us something important about prayer. And that's going to be the story today that we look at. It doesn't say anything necessarily about praying, but it indeed is uh, an important scripture that teaches us about prayer. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Um, and if you have a Bible, just leave it open in front of you. We're going to look kind of at, at two verses in particular and kind of compare what's, what's going on uh, with uh, two of the characters in the story. Starting with verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And... Uh, She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. So here's a sermon for busy people out there. Anyone feel busy? Have you been through a busy season? Maybe a busy life? Um, Two questions for you to think about this morning. One, how important do you think prayer is? And that's really, like, really. How important do you think prayer is? Uh, Second question, what does the amount of time that you spend in prayer, whatever that amount of time is, what does that say about how important prayer is to you? So let's think about this story. Um, You may be able to relate to Martha in this story, especially if you have had house guests or important house guests over. Jesus was coming over to Martha and and Mary's. Martha invites him into her home. And I I want you to think of, if you know kind of the Bible stories about Jesus at Martha and Mary's home, I want you to think about how important of a place that was for Jesus. Even even before his crucifixion, one week before his crucifixion, uh, Jesus went to Martha and Mary's house. Um, it, it, it was, a, it was a, a special location for him, a special place. And, and Martha invites Jesus in, shows him this hospitality. What, what a gift that is to Jesus, this, this little this solitary place of refuge um, for Jesus to, to, to go to, this, this friendly hideaway. And that can be so important in life. So Martha is providing much-needed hospitality, much-appreciated hospitality, and she is pleased to offer Jesus um, this this space. And she has in mind, you can tell with the details of the story, this just great 
dinner, this grand dinner, pulling out all the stops. She's not just baking bread, right? There's, there's many more preparations that are going on. This is not a simple meal. And maybe you can relate to Martha a little bit. Um, maybe you've been in a similar situation. You felt the pressure, the heat is on. Or maybe you, you, you may kind of relate to Mary and you've had a Martha fuss at you. Um, either way, there's, there's, there's something that you can relate to this story where ah, there's, there's a lot going on, a lot of pressure, a lot of things to do. That sets up the scene with Jesus. Martha has in her mind's eye this, this great dinner. She wants to honor Jesus. She finds herself working in the kitchen all by herself. It's, it can't be a big house, right? This cannot be a, a big house. So Jesus and Mary would, it's not like they would have been unaware of what Martha was doing, because she's probably just right over there, not many feet away from them. And Martha gets tired of doing all the work, and knowing that Mary knows that Martha is doing all of the work while she just sits there. And so Martha demands of Jesus, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus says, no. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? No, I'm not going to do that. We're beginning the 40 days of prayer. This story says a lot about prayer and the importance of prayer. Because Jesus says, no, I'm not going to take Mary away from what's going on here. So we're going to look at uh, a few things this morning. Why we should pray. What is prayer. And and a little bit about how we can pray. So, uh, one... uh, Why should we pray? Being with and listening to Jesus, it makes you whole. So I want to look at verses 41 and 42. Look at verse 41, starting off with, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Now that word in blue, worried, that word... as Luke is writing it, that word means to be pulled apart or to be divided. And you likely have experienced this at times. Have you ever been so worried about something that, that you just can't keep your mind off of it? I mean, it could be a dilemma that you're facing. You're like, I don't, I don't know how, what I'm going to do about this. Uh, it could be um, some news that you know you're going to be receiving, but you don't know what that news is going to be. You're like, I, I'm a little worried about this. Maybe it's something that uh, important is coming up, and you don't, you know, I'm not ready for this, whatever the project at work or report or test or something, and it's just going on. I'm not ready, you know, and you just think about it, think about it. You try to distract yourself. Maybe, you know, you turn on the TV, you, 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 whatever you do, social media, you try to distract, distract yourself. Maybe you talk to someone, but in your mind, you're so worried, it's like you're being pulled apart. There's this tug of war going on in your mind. That's what it means to be worried and distracted and pulled apart. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're being pulled apart in your mind. Other places in the Bible, this word is used in kind of really tumultuous ways, this word worried, like setting a city in an uproar um, or this inner uproar that you can have when you think someone has died. 
That's how it's used in other places in the Bible. So that's the first time this word appears in this story. Martha, you're just being pulled apart in your mind. Now look at verse 42. Jesus says, But few things are needed, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the, the good part. Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Isn't that interesting? The good part. It actually comes from the same word as, as, as worried. Word being pulled apart. Mary has chosen the good part. The one necessary part. Martha, you're being torn apart. Mary has chosen the one thing needed. The good part. In other words, Mary, as she's sitting here with me, she is whole. She's not being pulled apart. And I'm not going to do that to her. She is whole. She is doing the one thing needed to be whole, sitting and listening to Jesus. So let me suggest to you what I think is the top priority of prayer. It's not the only priority of prayer, the top priority of prayer. The top priority of prayer is listening to God. And that's what Mary is doing. She's just listening to Jesus. Maybe she's asking you a few questions, but primarily she is listening to Jesus. Certainly prayer involves asking. And we're going to talk... More about that next week, in next week's sermon, the asking part of prayer. But I would like to suggest that listening to God is the first and most important part of prayer. And there can be a lot that distracts us from praying. And if you are not praying, what the story tells us is you are not doing the most important thing for you that will make you whole. You will be pulled apart if you are not praying. So let me ask you, why was Martha getting so flustered? I could think of two possibilities. One, her identity was wrapped up in her ability to be a great host and prepare an amazing supper. So maybe Martha feels that her reputation a little bit is on the line. I want this to go so good, Jesus is going to think I'm just a a, a lousy cook or a lousy host if it doesn't. What, What is Jesus thinking about me, in other words? And the second possibility, and it's kind of related to that, she believes that providing a truly special dinner was a doorway into Jesus' heart. Notice that either way, either reason she's getting flustered, her focus is on what she has to offer, ultimately. And because of that, she sets herself up to be greatly disappointed. So she gets flustered and angry and upset. So here's a principle that we see in this story. What makes you whole is the service you receive from the Lord, not the service you give. That's what makes you whole. The service that you receive from the Lord in listening to him, not the service that you give. And if you get this backwards, you will never be whole. You need to hear from Jesus in prayer. You need to listen to Jesus and hear him say to you, I want you, not what you do. I want you, not what you can accomplish. I want you, not because of what you bring to the table. I just want you. That's what you need to hear Jesus say to you in prayer. What makes you whole is what you receive from the Lord and not what you Offer up. Does that make sense? Our worship, sir, all of life, this is true. 
life is about receiving from the Lord. Our worship services on Sunday morning. Do we offer things to the Lord? Do we offer our praise and prayer and, and, our, and our hearts and minds? Absolutely. But primarily our worship, even our worship service, is, is, is primarily about receiving something from the Lord. It's about the, what the Lord wants to give to us. And the same is true of prayer. It's about listening because God has something that he wants to give. Some grace, some goodness, some direction, a good direction. A correction, a good correction that Jesus wants to give to us. So prayer is resting before God and receiving whatever God wants to give to you. Um, during these 40 days of prayer, I really encourage you, and I'm encouraging myself to do this as well. Do not judge yourself by turning prayer into a matter of success. Don't be thinking, I'm completely unsuccessful at this prayer. Failure at prayer. I, 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 I'm listening and I'm not hearing anything. Don't turn prayer to a matter of your personal success. Like it's something that you can manage. Simply rest before God and let him give to you whatever he wants to give to you. We need to hear Jesus say that he loves us and that has to be the true source of our identity. That is the key to being a whole person. That is the key to having a healthy soul. That's how you have inner health. And let me tell you, if you don't have that healthy soul, if you don't have that inner health, it's really hard to have healthy relationships with others or with God. Uh, that's the next thing to look at. Two, and this is another why, pray. Without prayer, our service, what we, how, we, how we serve, it's spoiled. Without prayer, our service is spoiled. And I think this is true. All of life, all of our life is supposed to be lived out of an overflow from, from Jesus in us. Ministry is not ministry. Our service, whatever we do to, to serve others, that is, that's good. Uh, ministry is good. Jesus believes that ministry is, is really good. Service is, is good. This, is, this story is not, does not say do nothing. Service is bad. Just be a hermit. Service is good. John 13 tells a story about Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. You might remember that story. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. This, this, this sign, this ultimate sign of, of serving others. But then Jesus says, now I want you to do the same thing. Remember what Jesus says. Uh, John chapter 13, starting verse, verse 14. Um, Jesus says, now that I, uh, that I, your Lord and teacher, have served your feet, you should Wash one another's feet. You do the same thing. I've set you an example. So that what? So that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now, if you know these things, you will be blessed. What? If you do them. Jesus thinks that service is a great idea. And Luke wants to make this clear. Luke puts this story that we just read in Luke chapter ten. Luke chapter ten is much more. Uh, it's much more known for a different story, the one that comes right before it, where Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan. And you know what the point of that story is: be a good Samaritan, go out and look for ways that you can be a good neighbor to to serve. Jesus thinks service is a good thing. Luke thinks service is a good thing. But when your service is not offered as an overflow 
of Jesus in your heart, it can cut into someone instead of soothing. It can cut instead of soothe. Uh, so let's think about what Martha says to Jesus, verse 40. And just, just listen to this. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, I want you to think about how Mary would have felt when Martha said that. That wasn't just a nice, polite, excuse me, Mary, would you mind helping me? That, that is, what is she doing? She's accusing Mary of being lazy. Mary, all you're doing is sitting on your, your tail and you're not doing anything. Can't you do something useful for once? You don't care about all the work that is needed. So she cuts into Mary, and what does she do? What does Martha do regarding Jesus? She accuses Jesus and disguises that as a question. Don't you care, Jesus, that I'm doing all the work by myself? Accusation, Jesus, you don't care at all. You're not caring about me at one bit. If you did care, you would do something about this horrible situation that I'm in. And then think about the effect that Martha has on, her, on Jesus' disciples because they're, they're, they're with Jesus at this, at this moment. Have you, ever been, have you ever been at a social event um, and there's tension going on in the room between two other people and it's really thick and it gets kind of uncomfortable and what does it make everyone want to do? Just leave, Right? Martha's service is spoiled because it's not being done in an overflow of, of, of Jesus. And she's just cutting, and Mary cutting into the disciples and maybe even to Jesus. Martha is divided inside. She's being pulled apart. It shows in her relationships. So service is spoiled if you don't serve out of an overflow of Jesus. And let me suggest, that service that can be spoiled of yours, that service could be the service that you are giving to your wife or to your husband or to your child. Maybe they need a listening ear from you, but instead they get a lecture that they don't, aren't really needing in the moment. And your service is doing more cutting than soothing. So if, if prayer is... If, if prayer is relating to God, which it is, it's, it's listening, it's, it's asking, but it's listening to him, really listening, then if that's true, what, what is Jesus saying to Martha? Martha, you are being divided. Don't be. You are being divided by your need to please me or your need to stay busy, but that's not what I want. I want you. I want to pour myself into you. And, and that's listening to Jesus, allowing him to pour himself into you. Jesus speaks to us, not to give us information, but to give us transformation. He speaks to us so he can pour himself into us, so he can abide in us. So in order for us to serve well, let Jesus serve you first. So what is prayer? Prayer changes us. Um, during these 40 days... We will pray for circumstances. We certainly will. And we do that in prayer. We pray for circumstances. We pray, um, and, and you surely do this in your, in your prayer life, you pray that circumstances will change, right? Or that circumstances will fall into a certain order. But it is so much more important to pray for your own inner change um, 
Because, why? Because you are eternal and your circumstances aren't. And your relationship with God is eternal and your circumstances aren't. So, oh, fundamentally we should be praying, Lord, change me as I pray to you. Um, so I encourage you, when you pray, pray for yourself and really mean it. That's the difficult work of prayer, I think, is to really mean it, to confess your sins and to repent in prayer. I, I was reading about the C.S. Lewis uh, gives us this helpful thought, I think. Um, it's so easy to pray for others. Sometimes when we pray for others, it's because we really don't want to do anything to interact with them or help them because they get on our nerves. <laughs> So it's so much easier just to pray for them. Well, what is that really a reflection of how we need to change, right? <laughs> the interchange that needs to take place in us. So, Lord, as I pray to you, change me. One more thought about this in our, our men's Bible study. If you've never been to our men's Bible study, I believe you because there's just a few of us that show up to our men's Bible study. Um, if you've never been to our men's Bible study, it's Monday mornings at 6.15 at Panera, El Dorado Boulevard and the Gulf Freeway. It's a great Bible study. A few weeks ago, we were studying Romans chapter 12. That is tomorrow morning, by the way, um, men, if you want to meet us there. We were studying Romans chapter 12. And, um, and there's this beautiful section of the quality of our relationships that we should have for one another. Paul writes, just listen to this. What Paul writes about how we should relate and respond to one another. Let love be genuine, Paul writes. Abhor what is evil. This is Romans chapter 12, if you're looking for the slide. But love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with a brotherly affection. In fact, outdo one another in showing honor. That's how, that's how we should be responding to one another. Okay, how do you do that? I mean, if you, if you force that, it's just an act. It's just, a, it's just a show and it'll burn you out. Well, here's how you do it. A few phrases later, Paul gives us the key. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer because it brings life and health to your inner being, which gives you the power to show that servant love to others. So... Wrapping up, I, I want to I talk a little bit about how to pray. Just a few thoughts. This isn't how you need to always pray. But I would encourage you these next 40 days to try to incorporate this into your daily prayer life and let it become a habit. Um, I want to borrow three words that were helpful for me. I was reading a book on prayer by Peter Kreeft. Um, he's a professor at, at Boston College. Um, and it's a great book on prayer. Uh, and his three words are these. Stop, look, and listen. Throughout your day, stop, look, and listen to Jesus. Three words to think as you pray throughout your day. I'm going to stop, I'm going to look, I'm going to listen. So let's talk about stop. You cannot listen, really, if you haven't stopped. You know, your wife says, honey, I need need to talk to you something about, about something important. And, okay, so Melissa says to me, honey, I need to <laughs> talk to you about something important. And I'm on my laptop, and I'm just clicking away. Click, 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 click. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. What's up? Click, click, click. And my, my, my face is buried in my, my laptop. 
Am I going to be able to listen to her? Click, 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 click. No, no, no. I have to stop what I'm doing to really listen to this important thing that she has to say. And in order to listen to God, um, if it's hard enough hearing that audible voice and really listening to it, think about listening to God. We have to stop what we are doing in order to listen to God. So stop and then look. Look at Jesus. How do we look at Jesus? By calling to him. Looking to Jesus is important, though. Look at this scripture from John chapter 6. John 6 verse 40 says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son. This this is an important action. Look to the Son. Look to the Son. Whoever looks to the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. So look to Jesus. Look with your mind's eye. Call unto Jesus, in other words. And, and, and I wouldn't suggest that you try to conjure up some image of Jesus. And, oh, what do I think Jesus looks like? No. Um, just speak in your heart and your mind, Jesus. Jesus. So stop what you're doing and then call Jesus into your heart and mind, Jesus. And look to him. And then the third word is... Um, Listen. Listen to Jesus. Listen first. Then then you can ask, but begin by listening for anything that Jesus would say to you. And then you can and then you can ask. And then listen again. How do you listen well? You 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 keep a, you keep a soft heart toward Jesus. You don't harden your heart. In other words, you trust Jesus. Jesus, I I trust you with the word that you're going to give to me, the word that I'm reading, your word. I trust you with this. So let go of as much control as possible when you're listening to Jesus and trust him. And again, even give up the control of hearing from him. Like, Jesus, you're not saying anything. I'm getting frustrated. I must be lousy at this. Give up that control. Don't be anxious if you're not, if it doesn't feel like you're hearing anything. Because sometimes, and and you know this with our relationships, sometimes just being with someone and not saying anything is communication enough. Now, one more important thought when we're listening to Jesus. Listen to God speak through his word so that you can hear God speak through a whisper. Let me go through that one more time. Listen to God speak through his word, so that you can hear God speak through a whisper. I think the fundamental way of listening to God is through God's word. And if you are not listening to God's word or reading God's word, it is very difficult to notice God's nudges, where, where you, you feel this inner urging. There's a little nudge. If you're not listening to God's word, you feeling that little nudge could be downright wrong. Um, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep know my voice. So we have to know God's voice. We have to know what God's voice sounds like. And we know that by reading God's word. Jesus says, my sheep won't follow a stranger's voice because sometimes it might not be God speaking to us. 
We have to know the difference between God's and a stranger's voice, and we do that by listening to his word. So listen to God's word so that you can hear him speak to you in a whisper. Now, I know you may be thinking something like this. Okay, Pastor. Um, Making time for prayer is easy for you to say because your work is to preach a sermon, and it would make sense that you had better spend some time in prayer um, for that. But me, I've got, I've, I've got, I've got projects. I've got projects, I've got reports, I've got meetings, and I don't know if this is all as practical to me as it is for you in your sermon preparation. So how about this? Um, throughout the day, whenever you have an anxiety-producing moment, whatever that is, you know, your boss comes to you and says, and here's another project for you to do. Or, or whatever, or at home, there's that fight. Um, there's that, the, 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 you know, the, yeah, the, the squabble. An anxiety-producing moment. Whenever that happens, take 60 seconds, 60, one minute, and pray. Stop what you're doing. Look to Jesus. Say, Jesus. And then listen. In the quiet of your mind, listen. For a moment. Will Jesus give you the direct answer for that problem that you're working on or the dilemma that happens or the perfect response to your wife when you say something pretty lousy to her? Um, Maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe he will give you that perfect reply or response so that you will soothe someone instead of cut cut into someone. But maybe not. Maybe what Jesus will do is just widen your perspective in that moment, just a moment, and remind you, you don't have to prove a thing to me right now. You don't have to figure all of this out right now. Just know that I love you, and I'm delighted that you are listening to me in this moment, in this moment of your need. And perhaps the soothing that happens in that moment will be the soothing that Jesus gives to your own soul. So, if you make time to stop, look, and listen, maybe you'll, you'll be like that story of, of Elder Jim. Maybe you've heard this story or a story like it. Elder Jim, there's an elder at the church, Jim, and, and Jim was known for just keeping his calm and just being this really calm guy, no matter what, no matter what happens, nothing seemed to frazzle Jim. And, and he rubbed people just the, the right way. He, had this, he kind of rubbed off on people. When Jim was around, good things would happen. And every morning, what would happen? Well, Jim would take out his Bible. He'd take out his Bible, and then he'd say, Hey, Jesus, it's Jim. And then he'd open it up. And he'd read a little bit, and then he'd close his Bible, and then he'd go about the day. Well, someone asked Jim one day, Jim, how do you keep your cool all the time? I mean, I've seen some of the people that you work with. How do you keep your cool around that mess of people? Because you're one of the kindest people that I've been around. And Jim said, you know, it's not really me. It's Jesus. 
Because right when someone does something that would really tick me off and upset me, and I could lose my cool, Jim says, Jesus shows up. And he looks at me and he smiles. And he says, hey, Jim, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Stop, look, listen throughout your day so that you can hear Jesus say, hey, guess what? It's me. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you that you are the God that comes to us. You are the God that came into this world and walked with people and talked to people. And you do that now as well. But we have to work hard at listening. Help us to listen well, will you? And help us to hear from you how delighted you are to come alongside us and to be our Lord. Help us to hear your voice, know your voice, and to receive your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.